This is corporate lunch. Noah, you can go out for a coffee, man. I'm coming in with a head full of steam today. Let's go. We'll see you in like 15 to 20 minutes. Let it all out. I got a pulpit. <laughs> Give me, bring, Sam, bring me my pulpit. Bring me my soapbox. Put my pulpit on top of it. Let's start at the beginning, though. Okay. What episode is this? I have no idea. Sam Hine. I'm, it's episode 29. Bro. I don't count. You know I love, I love, <laughs> I love to keep count because I'm so proud of what we do here every day. At least every week. Here's why I got a head full of steam, <laughs> Noah. Here's why I got a head full of steam, man. Okay, so I'm not going to get into the details of this, but I'm moving. I've got a move on the horizon. Whew, that's heavy. And I spent uh, this past weekend doing a very deep clean and, and sort of like early, the first the first move of the pack. Yep. And, um, you know, me and my domestic partner are conscious, conscientious people. Yep. We... Uh, we don't suffer a lot of crap. We don't acquire a lot of crap. Um, we're not minimalist by any stretch, but, um, you know, we do are like invest in quality type people. And you consider things like, like the environment at large and the Absolutely. population of the world and all of its peoples and what's best for everyone and all of us. And yeah, what's best for everyone and, and future generations, but also like that it's better to have a few nice things yep. than a bunch of, bunch of garbage. Right. Uh, that's what I thought. I got deep. I got deep into this clean man, and I've been in this this place for two and a half years, and I just found that I had acquired a just disgusting and embarrassing amount of crap. <laughs> so much crap, crap everywhere. Did the clean crap begin, behind every corner? Was purge part of the initial intent, or did you go in thinking? Absolutely, you did, it was. Yeah, absolutely. That's this is the part of moving. This is the purge phase. Yeah, um, and I took it really seriously. I got really amped up for it, but then when I, when I waited in, I was just shocked and appalled at the amount of crap and I'm redoubling my efforts. You're hearing it here on corporate lunch. I'm All not, right. I'm not only talking to you, Noah, not only talking to you, Sam Hine productions. I'm, I'm also talking to our listeners, but you know who I'm talking to most yourself, myself. Yeah. This is my promise to myself that whatever, whatever stuff, whatever crap was, was slipping through the cracks and making it way onto my shelves, into my drawers, yeah. into the into the like storage space in the laundry room or the 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 deep storage space in the crawl space. <laughs> it's got to stop. I can't take it anymore. Because um you know man like when this when this purge happened there were just bags of stuff that I did not need. I never yeah. needed it. Yeah. I didn't wear them or if it was like a household item or use them or things that I have like collected that I would should have known that I would never look at again. This is specifically within a 2.5 year time frame. That's like, right. Generally, that's what we're speaking of because that's when the last okay. move was. So you uh, you achieved yeah. a purge two and a half years ago. That's right. And this is sense. So were you, what, what were you taking it like your square footage for granted or something? And just definitely sort of filling in space where there was space. Definitely a little that a yeah. little leakage because we had the like storage space to to take it. Yeah. I also found that I have I've got like the collector impulse. My yeah. dad is a major collector. It's yeah. like it's, it's in my blood for sure. <laughs> um, and I've I was carrying with me several. Um, like giant Tupperware bins full. This is one example. Yeah. Full of, it was like a t-shirt collection, like a t-shirt archive. Yeah. Um, old like rap promotional tees, different band tees I'd bought over the years, stuff that I had like spent a lot of time, uh, 
you know, digging for on yeah, eBay. Of course. Now the eBay thing, I, I have to like, I have to, I'm going to force myself to examine the eBay thing closely because not only is it leading to Tupperware bins full of full of t-shirts of, of dubious uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> of, of dubious need, it also like somebody had to mail that to me. Yeah. Like I paid them money. Like I spent time trolling the internet. I paid that person money, and then they shipped it to me. Yeah, sure. And then I took it, and I was like, yeah, man, I got it. And then it, like, <laughs> sat on a shelf and then moved to, like, the Tupperware archive. Yeah. Like, none of this it, none of this has any purpose or direction. A lot of resources were put into that, in yeah. a way, if you think about it. Yeah. Especially and like, accumulatively. Yeah, and, like, fossil fuels and stuff. Yeah. And, and it's just not necessary. So, look, I'm not Marie Kondo, man. I don't need to, like, I'm kind of a especially my aesthetic my design aesthetic you know it from my office you know it from being in my home like we're kind of maximalist yeah sure and it's all good there's nothing wrong with that i'm yeah. not, i don't like wish i didn't have a library full of amazing books right i'm totally at peace with that <laughs> like my record collection which i have by the way slimmed down several times over the years i'm yeah. totally at peace with with the record collection yeah all the various collections but some of it is just like completely unnecessary and so the only thing that gave that that I took some heart in over the weekend because I was seriously distraught about this. If uh-huh. you can tell, if you can't tell from the <laughs> from the tenor and timber of my voice right now, I was distraught. It sounds like one in a way the hardest part for you was facing the facing your own demons about this, facing that you would let this happen. Not what? just that it had happened, but that it was kind of like you allowed it under yes. your watch. This happened under my watch. Yeah, demons is a strong word, but I think <laughs> I think what I'm talking about is there was like a self conception. And then a reality. Right. And they, they didn't match up, and right. I'm determined to have them match up. And so, like, you know, I, I did, like, a um, a pinky swear and a blood exchange with my wife. Yeah. Or my, my dom partner, and we're going in on this. It's not going to happen again. Um, but I did take some heart in one fact, and that is when, when I went through my closet, especially after the cull of the closet, Yeah. I was like, actually, I think 75% of what's in here are like the core brands that I believe in. I'm talking about Sid Mashburn, RTH, Massimo Alba. I talk about them on Corporate Lunch all the time. Yeah. Levi's, Gildan, Crucial. Clark's and Nike. That that's like that that accounts for almost my entire closet. Seventy five percent. I think a, a clean a clean and mean seventy five percent are like the if you were like, yo, what brands do you wear? I would be like Sid Mashburn, RTH and Massimo Alba. Yeah. True statement. Right, and there's it very there's very little else in there. I, yeah. I I made a list. I have, I've got a Brunello Cuccinelli coat. I've got two Caruso suits and a mm-hmm. coat. I've got a few pieces of Rick Owens that I wear in certain circumstances, um, and then there's some miscellaneous. I've got like an Arcteryx shell, one silk dree shirt, uh-huh. which I remember buying <laughs> and being like, "Baby's first dreams." <laughs> <laughs> Um, and uh, still a baby and I've got a, I've got a Patagonia kind of like hooded shell. You know what I mean? There's like, there's, there's 75% is made up of the core. There's a few things that are like super nice. And then there's a couple like almost like utility players. So was this at any point intentional? And by what I, what I mean is like, did you, was, was there, um, long term or a wide view of wardrobe planning that went into this a little bit, or this is what happened basically over the last two and a half years. And you looked and you said, all right, I've got some real situations to deal with regarding these Tupperware bins. However, so what okay. else is the other thing that's happened is this good thing. Interestingly enough, where I've sort of like defined my taste and brand alignment, maybe yes. unintentionally, but no, in a very direct way. 
intentional and direct over the last few years. Yeah. Basically, I remember like maybe, what is this, 2018, maybe, actually, I was still working at the Fader. At one point, I looked down and I realized that everything I was wearing, I'd gotten for free. Yeah. It was like promotional. Yeah, that can happen in this line of work. It was like. Especially um, when you're younger. Junior editors. And it was, that. you know, it wasn't, it, it wasn't fancy stuff, but that wasn't the point. Was The point yeah. was that. All of it had chosen me. I hadn't yeah, chosen any of right. it, and I was like super broke at that time. So, yeah. but part I, I a lot of people would be incredibly proud of that. Yeah, <laughs> not me because I felt like I wasn't dressing myself. It was like the it was like the magazine job version of having your mom lay out your clothes at night. Right. Um. It was like my mail my well, those those little padded mailers had like determined <laughs> my style. That's really not a good look. And and I am going to get to the um to the financial part of this because uh, it needs to be discussed. But so anyway, I had a realization early on that like maybe dressing from like the free the giveaway table is not um the route to yeah. to self to self possession. Start making your own decisions. That's right. Um and then but re- in the last I would say like 5 years there's been a real effort to I, I became aware of those impulse buys, and we've talked about this before, where you're like out with a friend, or maybe you're traveling, and yeah. you're like, I don't know, I just kind of like got an itchy yeah. trigger finger. Feels like the time to buy something. That, uh, that, uh, what is that? A hundred and ten dollars sweatshirt yeah. that like vaguely fits me? I'll take it. <laughs> so I, I made a, a conscientious effort to cut all of those like crappy yeah. impulse decisions. That goes a long way. Life. Yeah, and then to really dial into the brands that that feel like they are. I, I like par with on a core level. Yeah. So that's been a years long effort. Um, I'm just became aware through this purging process of a little bit of leakage. Sure. Just like, like, you know, um, yeah, just some things that I would like acquire. I noticed that a dis- this is, I think, uh, telling a disproportionate number of them were internet purchases. Interesting. So never tried it on. Wasn't coming from one of my core spots that I hit when, like, I always go to Massimo Alba first thing when I land in Milan. Yeah. I always go to RTH when, yeah. I, when I go to Los Angeles. Yeah. I always go to Sid Mashburn when I'm in Atlanta. And then I also have an ongoing text relationship with Matt from Sid Mashburn to, like, have certain things made. Yeah. So there were there were times where I would, like, and a lot of it, I think, was FOMO-driven, like, social media, internet garbage. <laughs> You know, like all those Balenciaga triple S's you bought. <laughs> yeah, they're just closet full. <laughs> Basically, I opened this one linen closet, and I just Balenciaga triple S's just fell on me. I was the, buried under them. The, the cats had to dig me out. The tricky thing about that is, and one thing I find that's the the best thing about sort of tighter brand alignment, the tighter kind of like brand universe edit that you surround yourself yeah. with, is what you end up with. And this is a huge plus for me is 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 a lot of interchangeability and a lot yeah. of like not too much thought or um like conceptual conceptual like brain work needs to go into putting things yeah. together. You can just be like I wear a ton of engineer garments and brands like from that kind of group. Yep. And they just all kind of go together naturally. Yeah, different yeah, yeah. seasons, different colors. It's just like it all the works. fabrics, the textures. You don't it's just similar with like if you have a bunch of Massimo Alba in your closet, it works really well. I don't own It's any. also going to work with Sid Mashburn. Yeah, and those things go together. If I had one Massimo Alba in my closet, I'd probably look at it often and be like, "Man, I love that shirt, but it doesn't I don't know how to get I, it I, in. It's not really like I haven't built the world for it to like kind yeah. of exist around. Like not that those shirts are so goddamn hard to wear. But you know what I, I know mean? What you that mean. there's like this thing that happens when you when you nail it the other thing that happens is brands that don't seem aligned and your hands make sense together i'll give i'll give you an example now yeah. so um i have a triple s suit that i really love yeah black 
peak lapel. Shout out rock, friend of the pod, Justin O'Shea. Rock and roll party suit. Yeah. Um, I wore it with a Massimo Alba shirt. Yeah. And I was like, these things look like they were born to go together. Now, the brand Triple S and the brand Massimo Alba <laughs> are like have basically nothing to do with each Not other. Not so spiritually aligned. Yeah. But when, you know, when I bring them together, the eye of the suddenly, yeah, suddenly they all make sense. Well, together. that makes, and all, that's yeah. an exciting yeah. thing too. Absolutely. When like, so yeah, of course I've got Massimo Albin said Mashburn brands that like kind of naturally align and yeah. are pretty interchangeable. Like the pieces can all go, to, but then also there's like enough of a me edit going into the things I buy from each of those brands that yeah. suddenly brands that don't have a lot of alignment yeah. all all make sense. Yeah. So what I'm looking to do is just um, shave that that 10% leakage, those like bad impulse purchases, those <laughs> 2 a.m. online. I, I think we really got to look at our e-com purchases, man. I, you can't try the things on. You don't know. I bought a Champion Reverse Weave sweatshirt. I was looking for one. I decided to just go online, buy a double, buy an XL. Yeah. Figured it was going to be like this new kind of oversized thing that I'm wearing. Yeah. It was super young on me. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't fit. And then you have to go through the rigmarole of the send back and also all the resources that go. Into yeah, that guess who didn't do any of that? <laughs> it's like sitting folded so, somewhere. Yeah, right do you now. want it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, what color is it? It's burgundy. Ooh, yes, I, I'll try that. All right, I'll bring it tomorrow. See, transactions happen here. Yeah, I mean, I want to defend online shopping because I do it, but it's a tough thing to defend. I do it you know, often out of like boredom or it is that FOMO thing where like something drops. I'm like, this is probably going to sell out. And like, what if Sam Hine gets it first and yeah. then I'm going to regret it? Like yeah. I'm going to move on this thing. Cause not only if he, he you know, when he wears it, he's going to wear it better than you. Yeah. So you at least got to beat him. You can't give him a chance. Yeah. He's got to beat him and hope that he'll have the courtesy to not it's, also got to box most out. Of, most of the time he just fucking shits on you. at the Got to box day. out. But I do, I do. I, I don't know that I'm a sucker. I do very careful, thoughtful online shopping, but I do do it. I also do a good amount of returns. Yep. And I definitely try to buy things where I know that I can do that with minimal hassle. I'm and not going to give you that is burning up fossil fuel, but I'm not going to give you a hard time about that. It's um, I I don't know. I don't want to come down too hard on the scene here in New York, but there aren't a ton of places. It's a little. Thin. I find myself uh, browsing. There are some that we've talked about, but. Uh, it's there's a, little a thing. lot you can't really find here. Yep. So, uh, which is crazy because there's almost you couldn't say that about almost any other sector of culture or industry. But there's in the menswear world, you got to go online sometimes. I think. Yes, I agree with you. I'm not saying don't shop online. I'm just saying I think the the online shopping is where a lot of the the garbage the garbage purchases. Well, it makes sense. Made. And look, if I di if I had to do that tough edit where I went in my closet and I was like, ten percent has to go, and I yanked ten percent out and threw it on the floor, probably they'd all be shit I bought online. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like there's a higher likelihood. I think there's value to shopping online. I will continue to shop online, but I'm going to be policing it in a new way. I'm going to be doing it with a new attitude. And is is the um, I'm going to be doing like Noah Johnson. They are going to have to win yeah, my money from me 100%. they are gonna have to yeah. earn it th to the point like it's like getting beat at the gamble like they're gonna have to beat me for my money yeah and that's just by the, being so good at what they do we've said it before here and that's the biggest thing like in terms of brand alignment the reason i like the brands i like is because i just feel like they've totally earned my 
hard-earned dollars. Which is a that and that that's a question of design. That's a question of quality. That's a question Absolutely. of fabrication. Absolutely. That's a question of uh, the people behind it. In some cases, just just knowing the wave and having a wave. That's I mean, the spirit of the people behind it. Yep. Very interesting. I mean, that's why we're in a very fortunate position where we get to meet a lot of the people that make the clothes. Yeah. So, but you know, our listeners can meet them through GQ Just going to say that. Yeah, exactly. I didn't meet mean them. to. I didn't mean to scoop your <laughs> no. uh, your lunch I, line. I was actually going to take it at a different level and say email brands you like. You know, I mean, like we talk about the homie Evan Canori, who we like a lot. I know him. Sort of work brought us together. You literally go in his studio <laughs> I'm gonna and shop. Go, I'm going to go ahead and say, email Evan Canori, introduce yourself, tell him you're interested in his brand, and you'll probably hear back. Evan, I know you listen to the show. You better reply to these fools because you're going to make me look better. Oh, man. I, in my brand list, I forgot to mention Evan Canori. Crucial. A man who who I got, I've, I've talked about them a lot, but I bought those two corduroy suits from him. Yeah. I call them suits. One was kind of like, they're suit-like uh, compilations of, of jacket and pant. I was wearing that stuff all fall long i just did a major will welch bite and i copped the same suit vibe like it's a it's a it's the pleated jacket which is like a trucker jacket and the trouser in the same fabric sorry man excuse me sorry some, some mine's green must have been the nicorette it's not no one's gonna must notice, have been the nicorette it was, it's a it's a strong nobody's gonna notice will welch move sam mine is going to Give you the he's gonna cut you with his <laughs> eyes. Um, I want to get into I want to get into the financial aspect of this because I think it's easy, um, uh, you know, for me to be like, you know, I have these, I just stick to these six amazing brands, <laughs> and they're like <laughs> the rarest, most specialized brands on the planet. But here's the thing: they're not. Yeah, Sid Mashburn, the absolute best value for for what you get in the business. Yeah. The best value. Is it the cheapest brand in the business? Hell no. Is it the most expensive? Not even close. Is it the best value? Is you getting the most bang for your buck? Yes. And uh, if you rewind to like seven years ago um, where, you know, let's just say I wasn't making the same money that I am now. Yeah. I was saving up and getting Sid Mashburn. Yeah. I was essentially now now you know if I'm full full transparent now it's a little easier if I'm like kind of want to text Matt and like get a suit going on a whim yeah I can do that once a season yeah without like checking the bank account first right. I can just do that yeah um but I was basically buying the same stuff just saving up for it when I was flat broke yeah same is true of RTH uh, Massimo Alba is expensive here in the United States. It's less expensive. A little easier in, in Milan. Milan, but uh, okay. So th- where you have to be all the time for work. So. The, yeah, but the okay. So the, there's a lot of privilege involved in my like <laughs> in my deep stacks of Massimo Alba. I'll admit that. Levi's. Pretty easy. Gildan. Extra, super duper easy. Clark's, Nike. Evan Canori, not cheap, not expensive, insane value for the cash. Yeah. So whether whether you can like, you know, whether you can just buy it without blinking or you got to like blink a couple thousand times while you save up some money. I think it's also like, is your closet like 80 percent, you know, Carhartt, Dickies, Levi's, Patagonia, whatever. In my case, it's not that's not the ratio, but those brands. And then that like five that's or a pretty ten, sick closet. Five, I know, yeah. <laughs> that's a huge part of my closet. I, Right now, I'm working with a much larger ratio of needles, engineered garments, rough and tumble. 
our legacy and stuff. But like, even if that stuff was five percent, you still kind of like figure out a way to work that in, and then your ratio changes with time as your whatever as your career evolves. Basically, I I don't want to be like naive about we're talking about you know clothes that you have to buy with money so i don't want to be naive about the financial aspect of this but i also know from experience that you can still think and live this way on a on a dime right yes right correct i know i've done it um man now you got me thinking about a closet that's just levi's dickies and patagonia yeah it would be so gangster carhartt yeah clark's what else i mean like some nike and adidas some Gildens. Uh, Fruit of the Loom. What else do you need, dude? Champion. There's a lot. There's a lot in that tier there. That's not. It's not the cheapest stuff you can find, but it's still like easy going. So your lifestyle. K- k- if, Noah, if you were going to imagine yourself doing a purge like this, how would it look? Do you think you would find yourself in a distraught state, coming in with a head full of steam on corporate lunch, just angry and um, uh, yelling? Yeah. About saving saving the earth and I think I would. improving your closet. Yeah, I'm getting a little I'm like starting to sweat a little bit now just thinking about it. Um Good. And you know, the, it, there's a there's a, one part of me is like, you know what? Like I've got really specific taste and I do really have brands and designers that I care about supporting and I have actually bought things out of that from that sort of impulse, from that impulse of just like you know, I, I spent some time with Jan Jan Van Esch in uh, at Solar Shop in Antwerp, and just kind of really fell in love with his whole operation and what he does. And I bought a pair of pants, and they're the most incredible pair of pants. But they one spend, cuts. Yeah, Are they the one cuts? Yeah, it's a single cut from a single piece of fabric. I'm coming from a place of not wanting more things. I still want a pair of those. Yeah, yeah. and um, I, they're gonna get some wear this spring. They're not really wear to work pants, so they've spent a lot of time folded up in the closet. And they, I don't want to. I'm proud to have them in one way, but in another way, if I'm being super real with myself, like that wasn't, you're not getting two days a week out of them. Nah. Yeah. And I do believe in as this is the other problem with having too much stuff is that it means that you're wearing your stuff less. You're wearing the good stuff. less. So what happens if you get, if you can get to a place with a really tight edit, you will wear the stuff you like most more often. Yeah. So one thing with when you get when there's clutter when there's noise that happens that sucks is you're like damn I'm never wearing the stuff I like because I'm because it's not structured in the right way or because yep. there's distraction or because there's you know things are diluted or something fashion distraction yeah I got too much fashion distraction <laughs> I do need like a mom to pick out my outfits every morning that what do you would, mean that would help you mentioned it earlier like I just don't like I kind of. I can just sort of sit and look in my closet with like my mouth open like an idiot for a long time. Like stand there dumbly, not yeah. not knowing. Yeah. Oh, and I think that I, has a big a big part of that is too much shit. That's the problem. It's not that yeah, I yeah. don't know how yeah. to do it. Yeah. It's like Duh. see one thing, a couple things. One thing that um, uh, is new to me is I'm sort of I'm sort of evolving out of a stage of wearing a really strict uniform. Yeah. Where I really could have just had like I am too That's ten pe- ten pieces of clothing. Yeah. I just it doesn't feel right anymore. Yeah, this I is, feel that way about color and stuff now too. Color, pattern, texture. It's just I, it used to be navy blue head to toe for me a couple for a couple years, and it, now it's not, just doesn't I'm not there. Like I still wear mostly black. I still wear a lot of black, but I just don't feel like wearing all black every day. Yeah. Uh, some days I do, other days I don't. But I just need a little bit of a mix. Yeah. And I think I I think I took some missteps in expanding away from that strict uniform. Ah, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got a little like 
I got a little excited. You're about, kind like, of going into new-ish territory, not new territory, but sort of expanding. And then there were going to be some. There were some mistakes were made. Some missteps along let's, the way. Yeah, let's go passive voice on that one. Mistake. <laughs> some mistakes were made. Now, one other thing that came up in the uh, one of my favorite episodes of Corporate Lunch, which was you and uh, Mordecai, um, <laughs> is Mordecai said. I mean, I think of this as kind of like a um, a sneakerhead thing, and I don't think of Mordecai at all as a sneakerhead, but he was like, you know, you kind of get dressed from the footwear up. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute, really? Yeah. I didn't, I wanted to ask you about that, because I'm surprised Mordecai does that. I absolutely do not do that. I don't either. It's the last thought, and it usually is like, you know, one of the three things I yeah, wear. Yeah, it's kind of that decision makes itself, I think, based on the pant and other factors. I do get dressed around one thing, though. Like, I will. You're today like, hmm. I, today I wore a, a sleeveless sweater and I knew I wanted to wear that. So I had to just think of the other sweater stuff. vest day in America. Yeah. <laughs> and, for, and, then, and then you're just and then you're just building blocks yeah. around the around the cornerstone. There was some really like square, like middle aged, like IT looking guy on the subway this morning, also in a sweater vest, and I felt very strong kinship to him. Did you did you guys give each other that subway? No, I wanted to throw him some nuts, but I just kind of, <laughs> I just let it I let it roll. You let it ride. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe this is an interesting like if for for anyone who's looking to shake up their style a little bit, maybe if you've been the guy who dresses like from your sneakers up or from yeah. your footwear up, like. Maybe try going sweater vest down. Just to add a little something to that, I went to, I was at Mordecai's home recently and I saw his closet as well as his footwear storage. Tell me everything. And it is a sight to behold. It's insane. I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not, wait, I want to, I don't want to, I don't, this is his personal business, but I think whatever. He was on the show and he shared a lot of his personal business. It's a room, uh, not a large room, but, yeah. but big enough to be a bedroom. He yeah. does share it with his wife. I tried to get him to explain to me what was hers and what was his. They share a lot of clothes, which is amazing and cute. And she's super rad and she looks fly all the time in his clothes. So that's kind of their vibe. I was like, how much of this is Sarah's? And he was like, uh, it was kind of (laughs) like none of it, but maybe all of it if she wants it. Yeah. So it's just like a completely crammed room that looks like it could be like a stock room in like the most amazing vintage store like on the planet. And he was just like, pulling out gems just like yanking vintage tees like weird tie-dyes people made for him like stuff from the 90s from like that you know he picked up in soho that like no one's ever heard of or seen it was like it was unreal that sounds that sounds awesome i also need deeply not to be that guy yeah it's it was a little it gave me a little bit of anxiety the rest of their home let let it let it i think it's very obvious no shots yeah like i'm glad mordecai has like the archive of a lifetime yeah i need to move on from my archive days <laughs> well he really oh is- speaking of which sam hine there's a there's a little pile that that uh is just like a sam hine pile is sam hine going to be the beneficiary of everything that's happening one absolutely of, one, of, one of the primary beneficiaries absolutely now, i hope i get a few kickdowns when there's like a not much the problem is i'm a giant and sam hine is very much not yeah but Maybe this uh, we're in this oversized moment. I think it. I think it could. I think there could be a few things that work out for him. Plus, some things are not uh, size dependent. Yeah, very true. Let's do some vibes, man. Thirteen vibes. How many? How many vibes is it? Sam is looking at us like. Thirteen vibes is this every GQ day. Styles weekly not so fast lightning round of things we're feeling right now. Noah, you're gonna have to carry the team on this one because <laughs> I, I I don't know if you noticed, but I know I had you, something to say. You've and gotten yourself so worked up. Now over I've got nothing to say. 
All right, I'm gonna the first vibe. I just need to clear the air on something here. I I, I talked about shorts last week briefly, but the first vibe is the proper inseam for your shorts, and it is seven inches. Seven inch inseam is the correct inseam for shorts. You heard it here. Don't. I'm just gonna leave it there. There, you know, like a adult grown man doesn't need to be sitting down in his five inch inseam and let all that ride up into his crotch grundle area and just inappropriately expose himself through his nylon um i know this is contentious sam is uh we're gonna have to work through this somehow but sam's looking over his glasses at you which is never a good thing the only (laughs) the only exception the only exception as far as i'm concerned is the two inch uh prada uh nylon trunks otherwise you have those keep it at seven no i don't okay (laughs) um do you have a do you have a swimwear brand that you can recommend? Um, the Patagonia baggies. Good for swim. No, I got a vibe. Let's, let's hear it. The new Leon Bridges album. Oh. Okay, so Leon came into the office um, to play the album a few months ago. Yeah, and I, I got to admit, I was nervous. Because I knew that Leon was going to be like pushing to and it was what he said before you hit play he was like i've been trying to figure out like how to push my sound forward mm-hmm. and this is like actually the famous sophomore album thing right yeah. it's like you make the album you've been work you you've spent your whole life making that's the debut album it's amazing and then the challenge is like how am i going to push things forward and people basically try too hard yeah he tried just the right amount and the new album is really dope. I love it because uh, sometimes, you know, I'm a little suspicious of people who are basically like doing just a retro thing. Yeah. And there's a heavy, heavy dose of just like retro, like 50s, 60s R&B and yeah. what Leon does. But man, this new album has just the right amount of like um, uh, modern feel. Yeah. And then a lot of just like true to what's coming out of his soul. Um, I really recommend it. Heck yeah, that guy's got style for and, days. And uh, we sh- we shot him for the new we shot him for the new issue of GQ, and yeah, he does have style for days. Ooh, another vibe. This this vibe is actually very on brand for this ep. But Sam Hine cranked out a f- freaking amazing piece of content recently about uh, affordable footwear. He sure did. Basically observed that. That was high-level Sam Hunt GQ yeah, style content. It was a really banging piece. But but basically, he observed that all of like the coolest shoes right now, not just like. Not just coolest, but like the shoes that all the fashion people are kind of going gaga for are all basically under two hundred bucks, which is a brilliant observation and also is totally true. So it includes things such as Clark's Wallabies, Basswegian's loafers, Blundstone boots, New Balance nine nineties, Doc Martin shoes. It's like all those are all like kind of the coolest shoes out right now, and none of them. I mean, basically none of them are over two hundred bucks. They're all easy to get. Undeniable classics, and and they're not. You know, you can pronounce all those brand names, and so can your dad. So, um, shout out to Sam with that great piece of content, which you should totally go read on GQStyle.com. Shout out to dads. Shout out dads, and shout out dope shoes that cost less than two hundred bucks. Absolutely. Um, I've got a vibe, and it's a discussion vibe. Do you watch the show Billions? <laughs> I just started, mostly because of how much you've talked about it, and then my dad loves it, speaking of dads, and so I've, I'm in just like halfway through season one. I realize that part of my um, part of my TV thing, the, the thing that I love in television, is a, a good narrative TV show needs to have like 15% Dallas in it. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, Dallas is a, uh, uh, God, here I go breaking the chronology again, uh, an 80s 
yeah. like kind of soap nighttime soap opera TV show. Yeah. And it was just like overly dramatic. Yeah. It was like a great show that was also just like kind of too corny. Yeah. And um, this is the great thing about House of Cards. Like House of Cards had the self-aware moments where Kevin Spacey would like hit his ring on the <laughs> desk, look at the camera, and just deliver a groaner. Yeah. And you're like, they have they have to know. This is a really smart show. They yeah. have to know yeah. that was like a complete groaner. Yeah. Um, but that was just part of the thing. And then Billions has that aspect. Like there is. <laughs> It's, it happens like clockwork. There's one exchange that is like terribly overwritten per oof, episode. Oof. And I'm like, did they, is that like the moment where they're like, here's where we're going to like, yeah, just do the corniest thing imaginable. <laughs> I but, struggle with, but that. I'm also still totally hooked. That show is like, it, it reminds me of some other shows like this show. This is us that I mentioned once in this other yep. show, seven seconds where they're just like no scene. They spare no no moment of screen time that doesn't have incredibly high tension, which is kind of like how these shows have to be designed now, which goes back to the Dallas analogy, and that's what soap operas are sort of designed to do. But Billions is pretty incredible. But the, it's it's like sometimes I, I struggle to get through for the reason you're talking about. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. And I'm also <laughs> like, um, uh, what do you call the emoji you know the Think, hmm, thinking face thinking face emoji yeah. but i'm also like all the way in yeah what do you got next vibe is an album that i've been just listening to non-stop from the uh it's a new album out from the the doom rock doom metal stoner metal band sleep do you know sleep i like i just like when you say doom metal yeah i'd I love to say doom metal and to tell people <laughs> i'm listening yesterday on the so, hey man what you've been listening to <laughs> doom metal yeah, i told a friend that yesterday <laughs> it's the doom metal band sleep um sleep put out their first album in like 91 very very influenced by black sabbath but they're slower and sludgier and sleepier and doomier doomier um the riffs and guitar solos are way crazier they they're famous for an hour-long um sludge metal song called dope smoker amazing which is just like i'm already in really fucking good to me this music is like it's like brian eno or something it's just like incredibly thoughtful, almost ambient. I mean, it's very noisy and very slow and there are melodies and stuff and solos, but it's kind of this like, it really puts you in like a trance. So the new one is called The Sciences um, and uh, it's been on for a few days straight and I highly recommend it. I highly recommend it for doing things like reading or uh, maybe like working on some sort of craft like furniture building or maybe like doing some yoga or something things where you're concentrating dude doom yoga we should quit our jobs and open a doom yoga <laughs> yeah. studio in greenpoint <laughs> that would so be down. so awesome i'm so down. guys this is the 29th and last episode of corporate lunch Woo see you later it's been fun didn't make it to 30 but come to our doom vinyasa yoga class <laughs> it's at 5 a.m <laughs> This <laughs> the teacher today is Sam Hine Productions. <laughs> um, I thank God for headphones. I could do that all day. I'm sticking with the music vibe. The new Parquet Courts album, to, uh, oh, heck yeah. uh, produced by Danger Mouse. Hot, hot fire. Short vibe. The homies. This is episode 29. Those were 13 vibes. Count I got them. one more. I got one more. Oh, you do? Yeah. Uh, the Buick Grand National. Oh we shot a pristine Buick Grand National in our Sebastian Stan shoot in GQ. Did that, you see that yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That car's an unreal. Oh, man. And Sebastian Stan looks really freaking good in those suits. It's a suit story. He's wearing sort of 70s-inspired suits. Styled by the great Jim Moore. Yeah. Shout out to Jim Moore. It's epic. And I got to give a special shout out to uh, Victoria Graham because I was like, 
Uh, Vic does the production for yeah. the, for fashion shoots. Major behind-the-scenes mover, shaker person. Yeah, huge figure. She she does the production for GQ and GQ-style fashion shoots, and I was like, Vic, we need a Buick Grand National. Wow. And she found- It's pristine. The cleanest one ever. And it was from an auction house. She was like, you can buy it if you want it. So you bought it. I did not. <laughs> I ain't got it like that. I got enough for a, for a RTH hoodie, but not enough for a Buick Grand National. This has been Corporate Lunch. Thank you, f- thank you all for dealing with my uh, head full of steam what today. We'll see you next week. Later.